Hey everybody, this is Josh McKinney, and I just want to welcome you to episode 82 of the I Suck at Jiu-Jitsu show. So today, uh, I sit down and talk with my friend Chris Paynes again. Uh, if you guys have not heard the first episode, it's actually our most listened to episode on the show. And uh, it is titled Chris Payne's How to Defend Everything. And uh, it is really a, a really fun interview. Um, but that time it was an interview. You know, there was some discussion back and forth, but it was, it was pretty much an interview. Well, um, a few months later, Chris started a podcast and I was luckily, lucky enough to be one of the interviewees on his show very early on. And so if you guys haven't listened to that, uh, it is called The Villain Cast. Um, I always look at it on YouTube. I believe it's available everywhere, um, but that is where I always watch it. His YouTube channel is excellent, uh, posts a ton of good content. But he and I decided after that um, that there's a bit of a um, it, there's a bit of a similarity between the way he and I look at jujitsu, and it's really cool that we have that. And it also um, it, it gave us an idea. Really, it was Chris's idea. I'm just stealing the thunder on it. But uh, Chris's idea was, hey, maybe we should do a once a month podcast together. And that was really exciting for me because uh, I noticed that every time that I talked jujitsu with Chris, he and I seemed to get deeper on thoughts that we both already had. Um, you know, not as much one of us is teaching the other, but we're both kind of discovering stuff at the same time. And so it's really fun. And uh, it's gonna be a little bit different of a format than usual. Usually it is me asking a person questions and then us kind of going back and forth on it. This time it is just us talking jujitsu theory. It's a, it's a little more relaxed. Uh, uh, I think when I start to do these more consistently, this is the first time we're doing it. I think when I start to do it more consistently, I will uh, normally I post on Thursdays and uh, do a new episode each week. It'll, this will be like a bonus um, because it's different than the normal show right? Uh, normally the show is every other week an interview where we have somebody new on and they are going to try to teach us one little thing. And then, um, then on the opposite weeks are, um, me, uh, talking to you guys and trying to dig deep on something. This is kind of a different episode. And so, uh, if you guys like this, please be sure to let me know because I, I'm not sure if people are going to like it. I know I enjoy it. It was very, very fun for me to do. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure if if you guys are going to like it or not. I, I'm very curious. And so if you like it, let me know. Um, you can let me know on my Instagram at the Josh McKinney. You can comment on YouTube or, um, you know, whatever your whatever format this is. And uh, or you could email me at Josh at simplifyingjujitsu.com. Either way, I would love to hear from you guys. I would love to get a little bit of feedback on this episode that is a little more conceptual, a little deeper than a lot of the episodes that we go on to. Um, without further ado, though, let's just jump right in to the episode. All right, we are recording. We're good to go. Uh, Chris and I decided 
last time that we were uh, on a on a podcast, I was on his podcast, and uh, uh, this one should be on both of our podcasts. We just decided, you know what, we should probably do one of these maybe once a month. Um, I don't know if it's the same for him, but for me, it causes me to think even more deeply about what I believe in jujitsu and stuff. And so it ends up being a really cool, uh, uh, it, almost a cool exercise for me and people tend seem to enjoy it too. And so, uh, it's been, it's been really good. Chris, how are you doing, man? Uh, Josh, how's it going? Uh, it's going good. It's going good. We, uh, uh, we just kind of jumped into talking and, uh, we we're just kind of start at this point, I guess, and, uh, just dig right into, techniques and concepts and what matters and what doesn't. But, uh, you know, this came about for, I posted a story on my Instagram and I said, uh, if you can only choose one, would you choose techniques or concepts? You can only choose to learn one way. And what I found really surprising is I didn't look at the exact results at the very end, but pretty much throughout the whole time that that story was up, uh, it was like 50, 50. People, some people said they would 50% of people said if they can only learn techniques, they would learn techniques. And if and 50% said if they can only learn concepts, uh, what is, what is your thought on that, Chris? Let's just jump into it. Well, actually, uh, since this is a joint podcast, I was like, is this the, I suck at jujitsu show plus villain cast. So I'm like, that's, let's make sure we plug both of those in there. That is true. Um, that is true. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was watching your, your story unfold on Instagram and um, the amount of, like people that were coming back saying, you know, you, how can you teach concept about technique and uh, saying they'd, they'd keep technique. Obviously, I haven't seen the full results. Like you said, it was like more 50-50. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was watching the whole thing just thinking, dude, like I, I want to jump in. Like, let me <laughs> jump in. This is this is what I was born for. I, I I came into this world 34 years ago just for this very conversation. <laughs> I, don't leave me out of this. Um, so, if you could keep one uh, concept or technique, like not singular, but as in if you'd had to choose one part of jujitsu, mm-hmm. um, that's like like saying like if I was to like give you um words and then just like wipe like language out of the out of the human uh memory uh, you wouldn't have like context of why you have all these words but if i can give you like the 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 reason for language existing and how to create language you could remake words like you may come back up with the same words that already exist um and it's the exact same i thought with like concept and technique is that you only get technique from concept. Like, um, no matter what happens, if you know, you will always have physics. You will always have biology, and so everything that we have in jujitsu, there's a didn't come from nothing. Didn't come from some deity just like handing it down on some sort of stone tablet like three thousand years ago. It's based on principles it's based on concept it's based on scientific reasoning um like like pressure and being able to crush someone is is the you know formula for pressure you know it's it's mass and area um will create pressure like the the more mass you have in a tiny area the more pressure you create it's science um when it comes to joint locks it's biology if i control 
above and below the one I want to destroy, I've isolated the joint and now I can put it in flexion or in a position it doesn't like. Where it comes to chokes, all I need to do is find a way of putting things into your um, arteries on your neck and eventually you will black out. I don't really care what they are. Um, and so I think you would get very stunted and not go any further if all you had was technique. You need the concept to understand why you have the technique. And with jujitsu being the chaos it is, being able to amend the te- amend what you're doing on the fly by understanding what you're actually trying to accomplish um, will make you a better grappler in general. And I've talked a lot there. That makes sense to me, man. That makes uh, I, I think too. Um, yeah, I loved how you put it into words. I think words and language. I think that really that really does make sense. But then let's say you choose to only learn technique. You get to only learn technique only um, yeah. out of the two choices. Your coach can only give you a very very small amount of technique at a time. You know, there's yeah. no way that you're going to be able to remember more than especially remember and actually perform and do more than like one or two techniques a week at first, because, you know, people are generally slow learners at first when they start jujitsu. And so uh, just from, you know, and that's, that's kind of my big thing when it comes to concept versus technique is a, a lot of people see really good grapplers and they say, Hey, this guy really isn't, you know, the way he teaches is not really conceptual at all. He pretty much just reacts to the situation. Yes, but he's also trained for 20 years. And yeah. having that, you know, that the, the argument is not what will make you good at jujitsu. The argument is what will make you good at jujitsu faster and, you know, more efficiently. You know, and so yeah. that's kind of why, um, or specifically in your situation where you didn't have a coach. You know, if you didn't have a coach that you could just go to every class and say, hey, I'm stuck in this position, what should I do? Or I'm losing to this submission, what should I do? Um, Without having that uh, concept of this is what your whole thought process should be from here, uh, it probably, you know, would have put you at a huge disadvantage if you were just deciding I'm going to just find technique uh, to answer every question that I have. Well, I think that, I mean, Preet, whenever he, because obviously he he shaped a lot of uh, the the way I look at um, concepts, is you like you say you hit the nail on the head there. If you try and learn two techniques uh, a week, which is say if your coach there shows you two techniques a week, uh, that's going to be eight in a month. Uh, and over the space of a year, you're now looking at seventy odd techniques in that year. How many of those seventy techniques are you going to take? realistically it, you a fraction mm-hmm. so it is literally the equivalent of just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks um there has to be a more efficient way of doing that i mean as much as we, we uh, there's this argument that i say of concept versus technique forever schools teach concepts there's a reason why we you know we, they both have to appear like you know you learn uh, in maths, you learn everything via example, mm-hmm. but you then get explained like why they exist, why how that actually works with the example. And so, yeah, um, obviously, completely. Yeah, you couldn't really show concept without demonstrating a technique. But if you didn't, if you taught a technique without demonstrating the concept, then the whole thing's just 
singular, it's one instead. If I can like teach a concept and say, right, here's the technique that uh, demonstrates this concept in action, then I think that's more in line with how education actually is in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a reason why it's, it's, it's done that way. And then once you, you have uh, an understanding of, of um, the, 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 the underlying principles, it allows for your own problem solving. Like you, you, you get taught how to do addition or, or, or whatever in maths, and then you go out and solve your own problems. You don't have to just like go, oh, I've, I've come across this sum before. I know what the answer is. Mm-hmm. Like you could have to learn an awful lot of sums to come across all the different instances you may need sums in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's woefully inefficient, <laughs> which it, is pretty that, much how we do jujitsu. And that's and that really is it. Really is how uh, jujitsu is done. Now, I think that there is, um, and I'm not sure if we differ on this. I think that there is a place for um, you know you can you're dealing with spider guard and you feeling like you're not able to, to deal with spider guard. You're getting, let's say you're not even getting submitted. Let's say you're doing well at defending it. Um, but then you're like, man, I just can't figure out a way uh, to get around it. That's when it is nice to have a coach that says, Hey, if you build these frames, if you grab their pant legs yeah. and, and you extend your arms, um, then you can get to your concept of passing the guard. Right. But until you deal with that, uh, you're not able to. And so that's something that I always, you know, it's a great advantage to have in your back. I mean, it's a great advantage just to have YouTube now where you can, mm. uh, you know, if there is something you're stuck with, you can, you can, um, you can just solve it. You can answer that problem, but you cannot, at least you can't efficiently build a jujitsu game just saying, well, I'm having this problem, look it up. I'm having this problem, look it up. Uh, you need to apply it to your, you know, what we would call concept, your general fight, your general idea of how you're going to deal with the position. Would you agree with that or disagree? Um, I think one way you look at it, like how you answer that, like being able to go to a coach or YouTube or something like that is, again, I, I'm, I seem to have settled on this idea of, of relating it to maths. Like you taught basic maths, you taught, uh basic examples of those maths in action um and then you operate at a certain level with your arithmetic and eventually your arithmetic bottoms out and what do you do you go to a calculator when it's bottomed out mm-hmm. like with enough practice you probably could get to the answer you needed but if you're not adept enough at maths you understand what you need to do you understand if it's you know what part of uh, the equation needs solving except you're just not adept enough at it to do it yourself you know mentally so you go to a calculator or you look up the answer that's already been solved, which again is where that would come in. Like, you know, you, you have a calculator in the room, which is your coach, which can hopefully solve the problem. Um, but again, it comes all the way back to uh, you still need to understand where the problem is that you're trying to solve um, and have a rough idea how to solve the problem instead of just memorizing uh an infinite number of sums that you may one day need and you already have the answer to because you memorized all the sums. Um, I think there is definitely a, a reason to have a coach. It's definitely, I think, the, the calculator analogy. Um, and yeah, I think um, it would, 
it would make sense that earlier on in your career to have that, but the, the more you kind of practice at these maths, the more adept you'll be, and the less you'll need that calculator. Mm-hmm. Um, which is what high what high belts are in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and to like relate it to though, um, the more you rely on that calculator, the more you will be in the habit of relying on that calculator. If we're saying exactly. that you know, if they're saying that calculator is the coach, because that's something um, that I used to, I used to not understand. I remember, uh, I think the conversation I was with one of my buddies and he was talking about, uh, um, he was talking about hunting versus just getting your food. And he said, uh, you know, if you, you know, yeah, we're both fed, you know, I'm hunting for my food and you're just getting it. Um, And he said, but uh, just you know, imagine if you got put in the situation where now you have to hunt for your food. He's like, you would have no idea how to do it. And um, that is, you know, generally if for people listening. Um, I mean, I guess maybe you plan on staying at your same school forever. Maybe you will always have a coach, but most people, um, you know, they move, they decide to open their own gym. They uh, just aren't, uh, their coach isn't as accessible and then they're kind of useless in a sense of problem solving. And that's something that's like, uh, uh, I think even as coaches, that should be the enemy for our students. We should always be pushing our students to be good at learning. You know, that's kind of like, yeah. uh, you know, like I, and I, I always say it's kind of like by, um, by purple belt. I think my, I kind of expect my students to be able to progress and learn even if I just decided for six months, Hey, I'm, I'm not coming to the gym. You guys, you guys handle, I would expect them to be six months better, uh, yeah, yeah. by the time, you know, and not, uh, you know, and, and, uh, that was actually, that was actually evident at one point. Um, you know, I think, uh, uh, legally speaking, probably shouldn't mention it, but I will. Um, I didn't, so we were closed for like six weeks, I think, um, during the, the start of the pandemic. And there were like eight guys that I had that um, they had asked me like, Hey, if we all train in a group together. Can we sneak into the gym and train? And uh, I was like, yeah, you guys can. And I actually didn't train that whole six weeks. It's like the longest I've ever taken off jujitsu. Hmm. Um, but uh, I came back and they were all better. You know, they had all been, um, training different things, positional sparring, different things, problem solving what they were dealing with. Um, and then the cool part was they even had some, um, they even had two guys that were brand new that were, by the time we came back, um, were much better, you know? So not only were they able to progress themselves, but they were able to help two white belts and like the highest ranking guy, there was one purple belt and I think everyone else was a blue belt. And so to, to be able to do that, I think is so important Cause you just, you're not always going to have a coach around. Hmm. Well, I like to think of it. I, I think you, again, you you hit the nail on the head when you said we want to make our students better, faster, faster than we ever were. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the idea that I've already got, you know, brown belts in my gym who are a brown belt way faster than I ever got to brown belt. Um, and that's why I want them to be black belts faster than I was. Uh, mm-hmm. I want them to be better than me. Um, but if I just create clones of me, they can't be better than me because you'll never get better than the original. Um, I, 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 there's a, a lot of people that are out there who are very good at technique and do really well in competition. 
But I think the idea that competition is the be-all and end-all of jiu-jitsu is a problem in general because um, not everyone wants to compete, but also it's what you want to get out of jiu-jitsu anyway because not everyone's an athlete. That is a, a separate quality away from jiu-jitsu. It's jiu-jitsu plus athleticism is the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I actually learning and understanding the art, um, it depends what you want out of jiu-jitsu. Are you happy just being you know, with these techniques that you have or are you curious are you curious how far this goes because compared to like traditional martial arts i know you you did some as a as a kid as well didn't you i, think it was, uh, I, did, I did some really basic self-defense stuff uh, yeah. as a kid yeah um you know that when you have uh i thought it was also going off the beaten track here it's one of the reasons why i hate the idea of a syllabus in jiu-jitsu like uh <laughs> like a curriculum at white belt or blue belt is because you've then standardized what people have to learn. It then kind of puts a full stop on the jujitsu. No one wants to explore anymore. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until like when I was doing traditional martial arts that you got to black belt and it was kind of open to you then. Like, oh, now you can go explore and, and figure out more. Except I never really had the tools to go figure out more. Yeah. With jujitsu, it's like it's it's so open that the, the amount of innovation that's happened in in the just over a decade that I've been training. Like, why would I want to stunt that? There must be a reason we can innovate. There must be reasons why things work and exist. Innovate. Like, here are mm-hmm. the tools to innovate. Um, and he's, um, I go back to the stories that I've, you know, you like the rumors and legends you hear of like Hicks and Gracie, who is this incredible jujitsu guru that no one can touch. Um, however, the veracity of that is. Uh, but going on the idea that maybe they're true and he can like just shut down black belts, um, even though he might not have seen what they're doing, like, cause he's, you know, doing his Hicks and thing. Uh, there must be a reason he can shut them down. Like, even if he's never come across the problems before, there's a reason he can solve the problems. And then I look at other high level guys and like, you know, people who can then just shut down, like the new stuff that happens to them there and then that they might not have come across. There must be a reason they can do that without practicing the technique before. Why? Mm-hmm. There must be a, you know, consciously or unconsciously part of their head that is just doing it. Um, and I think you can't get to a high level in jiu-jitsu and, and not do that. It's just a natural thing that you have when, you're, uh, when you've been around the sport for a long time. The only difference is, is how you then give that to the lowest belts. Mm-hmm. Do you give it to them? Um, do you give them what you know, like technically, technical wise, or do you give them the the tools that you currently are that you think would actually make them have the same mindset as you do, like help them be as good a problem solver as you are? Um, and I think other choices. I think I'd rather have that second one. I'd rather them be. Hicks and Gracie and be able to solve everything that ever comes their way than um, just clones of whatever technical like uh, um, imprint I am at that moment in time. Like, if you could just like scan me in like a in like a scanner and then just print me off there and then, like what my technical ability is. I don't want those as human like as students. It just doesn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't uh um, you're right. There's no way that they can be uh, as good at exactly what you do as you are, um, because at a point, 
jujitsu becomes uh, your own body type, you know, in your own, yeah. um, you know, the, 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 the certain positions, there are certain positions that I can play um, when passing that I'm sure a lot of my students couldn't because of, I have really good hip flexibility. And so mm-hmm. that, you know, like then to expect some of my students to be able to do that and to say, Hey, this is how you pass um, this, uh, this dance is how you're going to pass the guard what'll happen is they'll be discouraged. They'll be like, well, I, it doesn't work for me. And mm. so, uh, uh, but when they have that general thought process, it tends to, uh, it tends to be a big change for them. Well, like I say, like, you know, the, one of my favorite parts whenever I have someone new started jujitsu um, is like saying that to at the beginning is, is I do things my way. I will show you what I'm currently doing and the reasons why I'm doing them mostly. Uh, your personality and physicality is automatically different to mine. So there is no point you doing what I am doing. I am just interested in you being a better fighter. That's all. Mm-hmm. How you interpret that and how you express that is yours. But I can't make you what I am. Mm-hmm. Like you have to find your own way. You have to find your own expression of this, of this science. Um, an interesting one, just before everything kind of went uh, tits up, is I had a new student start, unfortunately, at a point where we couldn't do much else. Um, he is 420 pounds. Six foot five, 420 pounds. And I think his bench is something like 200 kilos. Oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> the guy is a monster. Um, and... Uh, as you can see, if anyone is able to view this on YouTube, I am not 420 <laughs> pounds and six foot five. I'm sitting down, so you can't really tell, but I am not those things. Um, so there is very much no point in me te- teaching this guy what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the right um, conceptual understandings, there's no reason he can't express jujitsu and just be as good, just not the same. Um, uh, especially when you have smaller guys come in and they get really frustrated with that kind of idea. It's like, I can't, you know, do this. I'm like, we don't have to just express it this way. Oh, okay. And they become really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's concept allows expression, just rote doing technique. I remember like, especially with the, going back to the whole syllabus idea, like doing, uh, gradings in traditional martial arts. If you couldn't do like a certain throw for whatever reason, sorry, no belt for you. Mm-hmm. But it's like, but I can throw people in other ways really good due to my size or whatever. But this one I just can't do. Oh well. It's like, oh, I can't stick to those standards because some people have short ass legs, some mm-hmm. people have really thick necks. Like, we can't. <laughs> Jiu-jitsu isn't that one size fits all. It's a, it's a big umbrella. I think, yeah, man, I think that that's super important. Uh, just to, to shift the topic a little bit, you said this is something that I, um, I've talked about probably on my podcast before, um, but you said, I, I want to say you said subconsciously they understand the concepts. Uh, and that is something that I think is really interesting to note is that there are, um, uh, the, the example that comes to my mind is when um, Keenan Cornelius fought Leandro Lowe, maybe the third time, 
Keenan was playing worm guard on him and Leandro kind of uh, instinctively was able to knee cut through it. And um, afterwards, Keenan was in an interview and he said, man, this guy, uh, he's so good at the movements that he's good at. And then he's just so in tune um, to what's going on that he was able to beat this guard that he had never seen before, uh, you know, and, and was able to pass it. Or right, maybe he was playing reverse deal or one of the millions of worm guards. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but he was playing that and he was uh, explaining that. And, uh, you know, you see people that do, you know, if you've ever seen Leandro Lowe in an interview or seen him teach, most likely he doesn't actually understand the yeah. in-depth concept where to where he could verbalize it. Um, but physically, he is able to do that. Do you think that that is something that um, only certain really highly coordinated people are able to do is to kind of subconsciously understand concepts? Well, I think, again, it goes back to this idea of, of competitive versus a coach. Like not, not always the best competitors make good coaches. It's your ability to verbalize what you're doing. So, again, I don't think you could get to a high level in jiu-jitsu competitively or just a, a belt without instinctively having this in you that you can just problem solve. The difference is those who consciously do it and can verbalize it and those who just do it, who are just like, you know, uh, just like pluck sums out of their head without actually attempting them. Mm -hmm. um, like I remember I was uh, actually rolling with a, another really decent black belt. I think it's a third or fourth degree black belt. It was named Hobson Barbosa. It was at one of the Globetrotter camps. And I think I was a brown belt at the time. I was still playing this conceptual stuff. And the second I kind of like started to throw techniques at him, he'd always cover the right gaps. He'd always like, even if, you know, I was just throwing random made up guys at the time, he was always shutting down the stuff I was doing just by doing the right thing. But there was no way on God's earth he'd ever show that. Like he, he could explain what he just did. Mm -hmm. um, another kind of like similar story is that uh, like the whole grilled chicken open guard that, that pre kind of developed was from watching, you know, Braulio, Gavao uh, at the ADCCs and, and other competitions and how like Gavao couldn't pass, pass uh, Braulio's guard. Um, I'm not far from Braulio's gym. Uh, is is literally like uh, thirty miles from where I live, um, and so occasionally, if they're lost, his students may end up in my gym. They do not do what Braulio does. Mm. Braulio does it, but I don't think he teaches it. So we have some of his white belts, blue belts, you know, occasionally purple belts rock up in the gym, and they don't do it. And it's like, what the hell? I got it like third hand from. YouTube slash ex-Soviet Estonia like <laughs> via pre and how the hell are we here now with this and you're forgetting it from the source and you don't know what's happening mm -hmm. he could probably show the techniques that got him to that point but his intuitive understanding of it he just doesn't show mm -hmm. yeah then we're doing it and they come in and they and they like approach our guard and they're like I don't know how to pass this I'm like it's from your coach. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it goes back to that whole, uh, whole conversation of, of uh, we put so much reverence onto people who are great competitors in jujitsu. Uh, it even comes back around in circles. Like you hear people say, Oh, Dan, her never competed. Does it matter? 
And, Hi. and, and not everybody, uh, you know, and, and people will still, even though it's ignorant, um, question how good, uh, Danaher is. And, um, I actually, my coach was on the ultimate fighter in like season 12 when George St. Pierre was a coach. And so he got to, uh, train with, uh, with John when John was in his forties, yeah. but still, had huh? Yeah, he had hair. Uh huh. And so <laughs> and he was able to, he was able to train. And, uh, my coach Kyle used a brown belt at the time. And, uh, he was a really good brown belt. And he said that like, um, he and Sean Williams, uh, would submit you like five or six times in a round and they would start in like bottom side control kind of slouched over and you would try to do anything and then they would submit you and they would do it over and over and over again. And he's like, yeah, he's dude, just as legit as anybody. He just can't train anymore. Um, and, uh, on that note too, I actually got to do a, a I went to a seminar with Sean Williams. This you are you familiar with Sean Williams? Williams God, yeah, yeah, I yeah, use it. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. Uh, um, I got to do a seminar of his uh, on Saturday, uh, just last week. It man, it was uh, dude is such a good teacher. Really, really, uh, you know, showing you stuff that you've known forever and uh, try to do, and says, hey this is what you're missing. This is what you're not thinking about. This is what you, and man, just his, uh, his ability to explain things is just unbelievable. I think especially like, again, it's this, it's a weird problem that we have in jujitsu of, um, you only seen as a good coach if you're a good competitor. Mm -hmm. And if you weren't a good competitor, you only seen as a good coach. If you have guys who are good competitors, Mm -hmm. except, both all those like marry into this real horrible problem that we have is that you can have great coaches who are in small towns because to be have a great competitor, you need, a, you need to have a good coach, but they need to be a, an athletic specimen. And if you're in a small town, the chance of an athletic specimen walking into your gym are very small. Mm-hmm. But if you're in a large city, London, New York, Toronto, wherever, the chance of a, of, a, of a specimen walking into your gym is a lot higher. So the chance of they do then having a really good competitor that you can just throw out the door is a lot higher. So mm-hmm. it's it, people like poo-poo how uh, good a coach is because it's just this, this uh, marriage of, of unfortunate circumstance. You could be in a small town and you never really had the athleticism to be a, a big competitor, yet because you don't have those things, you're not considered a good coach. But you put me in the right city uh, and gave me a better body at birth. There was no reason I couldn't have like been those things. It's just mm-hmm. circumstance meant it didn't happen. Um, and so I think we then give too much reverence to people who are in those circumstances, who might not, who might be more mediocre coaches who didn't compete, but they're in a large city, so they just have specimens who come through the door with a bit of good technique just go out and kill people or you could have really really good competitors who now coach yet when you actually listen to them teach you like this guy doesn't actually have a clue what the fuck he is going Mm -hmm. on like (laughs) and and imagine if you were to take um the like 10 of the best brown belts right now um so we just took 10 of the best brown belts 
And for whatever reason, they all decided they were going to leave their school and they all came to my school. And um, I said, okay, guys, uh, you know, I found this really good sponsor. You guys don't have to work anymore. You guys, I'm just going to, I'm going to open the gym up for you at uh, 11 and seven. And you guys are just going to come in and train. Okay. I'm not going to coach you in any way or anything. I'm just going to open up the gym. Uh, and make sure you guys are on the right steroids and whatnot, you know, Uh, just make sure you have the whole, the whole setup. And, uh, what would happen is at black belt, most likely like two or three of those guys would probably, uh, win a world championship or just be really, really good. And people would go, Oh my gosh, Josh is the best coach ever, Mm. you know? And it's really interesting, um, that it goes uh, simply just by creating the right environment, you know, that would be me being considered the the best coach, you know, and that's yeah. kind of, uh, uh, that is kind of the, the jujitsu world that we live in right now. Yeah. Like, again, it's like, like you put it correctly there. Like not only do you have to have the right athletic specimen come in that you then, uh, put on the right track to, to be really curious about jujitsu, but also then someone who can dedicate that much time to being that specimen. Someone who can come in at like, midday and stay until 10 p.m at night like every day who just doesn't get injured who just trains their ass off all day every day because they don't have to work because whatever reason Mm -hmm. like how many of those do you think exist in small towns (laughs) and so if i think if you look up to those kind of people those athletic specimens who did really well in competition from really good backgrounds who could afford to do these things and uh, whatever the, the 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 marriage of of fortunate circumstance is, they give them so much reverence. You do forget there are so many great coaches out there, and and um, you just look, you're expecting uh, too much. Like you're expecting like you know you to have these these same circumstances when they are very very unique, massively unique. That is um, yeah, just going right back to Sean Williams. He's not somebody that is in the jujitsu world thought of at the same level of coach as John Danaher, right? Because John has uh, Gordon and Gary Tonin and those guys. Uh, Now um, I've never learned in person from John Danaher, but obviously you can buy any of his instructionals or anything like that. Um, But Sean is one of my favorite coaches I've ever gotten to learn from um, and the fact that he doesn't have any black belt world champions under him or any ADCC champions, uh, does not mean that he is a bad coach, you know, and that's, I, I think it's a good, a good, uh, explanation that maybe just the right guy hasn't walked into his gym. And, yeah. uh, that's, man, that's huge. I think too, we have, uh, um, you know, we do have some guys that have both. They are these physical specimens, and for whatever reason, they decided, I really want to understand the intricacies and the ins and outs um, of, you know, of jujitsu. I think, uh, I think uh, Gordon Ryan is a good example of this. Dude's a hmm. phenomenal athlete, and his understanding of jujitsu is, is, is very, very high. It's, it's like super high level, and it shows um, why he beats everyone you know, and, uh, and why he beats so many people effortlessly, uh, is because he's somebody that, that does have both. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So he he is a prime example of of a, a amazing circumstance in the universe. He is a athletic uh, Adonis. He is very intelligent, and he happened to walk into a gym of a very good coach who is set up in the biggest city in the world, or one of. So, uh-huh. like, <laughs> wow. That was just, yeah, of course you're there. You're going to have a world champion in that. But, um, again, then to, to put so much reverence on Danaher, it's like, well, yeah, well, you, how many students do you have come through the door that aren't Gordon Ryan? Like how, many did, how many did you have to go through to get to Gordon Ryan? Mm-hmm. How many thousands of students does Henzo Gracie have before we got to Gordon? Like, <laughs> like to expect that out of your local gym and then, give them shit because that hasn't happened like, or who have you created i've got 15 students what did you want me to do like <laughs> what is your uh what is your thought on if, if you were giving advice to somebody that was coming in to um do jujitsu and their goal like their initial thought process was um i want to be uh, let's say they're in your town. Um, they come mm-hmm. in and they say, I want to be uh, a high level black belt competitor. They're 16, 17 years old. And they're really good athlete. Um, what kind of, what would be your advice that you would give them just starting out right now? I think it'd be that realism as in um, of, of understanding the, the limitations of where you are and you can change that. Like a, a, a good example is um, Freddie Vosgren, who is a, uh, he's like fighting on Polaris a lot these days. He's a black belt. He's originally from Germany, but he had, he got to a certain level in Germany and then up sticks and moved to London and went to Carson Gracie's. And now because he's training all day, every day in these, at a really good gym in London, uh, he's now fighting on Polaris and he's considered one of the, the up and coming talents. Um, and that's what I'd say is like, you know, to anyone in a small town who's, who's got aspirations of being this good, um, I'd say to them, like, you know, understand how far your coach can take you. Mm-hmm. Like, do you have the resources that will allow you to get this far? Do you have the time, the money? Uh, and does your gym have the, the uh, time as well to offer you? Like, if your gym's only in a community center that's only open three nights a week for two hours. Are you going to be a world champion on six hours? They can get you a level. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point you have to understand the, have you overtaken your gym as your, your aspirations further than what your gym can offer you? You're going to have to move. And I would, I wouldn't be protecting of that as in, I think that's one of the big parts of jujitsu is this whole, I think we mentioned it on one podcast before this like Japanese, uh, you know, um, cultural hangover that we have in jiu-jitsu of like honor and sensei and professor and all those different terms we have mm-hmm. and, you know, crayon should not be able to go to another person's gym. Mm-hmm. It's tribal and, and all this. It's like, no, we I'm offering a service. And if my service gets maxed out, then you as the customer need to understand that. And I'm going to say, look, I can't serve you anymore. I can serve you to this point, but you need to take your money and, and go find a better service that matches what you need. Um, and for me to then hold on to you and hold you back, that would be wrong on me. Mm-hmm. For what reason other than 
weird ownership. <laughs> I, I thought that was a good, uh, the, the wording was good, was how far can your coach take you? Because, um, of course, there are people in small areas that have a coach that can take them farther than others, you know? Um, mm. You know, your, uh, you know, your purple belt coach that has only done self-defense-based jujitsu is not going to be uh, it, it, able to take you as far as, even in the same town, take you as far as, um, somebody who has competed at a higher level, you know, and, mm. and kind of understands what it takes. Uh, something that is, uh, you know, that, that's something that's really important for people to kind of be honest with themselves about. I think it's, uh, um, it's, it's tough when you are, you know, from the area that I live in, uh, in St. Louis, when I was coming up, there was, there was nobody that was, um, you know, that was doing, doing anything. And then all of a sudden, um, this guy who, uh, who's pretty much the epitome of, um, uh, of the opposite of Chris Payne's, um, but I'm friends with both of you. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> do you know who John Thomas is? Uh, no. So, okay. So John Thomas, he's got a, a big YouTube following and stuff now. Um, uh, but he had, he had won worlds at blue, purple, and Brown okay. We're from the same city. Super good. Yeah. But he is super, Technique, 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 yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, in, in memorizing these situations. But, uh, you know, having that motivation of seeing a guy from my city start to do really well competitively. Um, and we ended up training together a lot uh, when I was like a blue and purple belt. But uh, uh, just getting that, that was such a motivating thing for me. Like, okay, well, I can push this farther. I can see how far I can go. I can see how far I can go. And uh, you know, I think that that's a really important thing that, you know, I know for my students that kind of aspire to do that, that's really the only reason that I compete. I really don't, I don't like mm. stay up at night loving to compete and like, man, I, yeah, I yeah. really just, you know, I want to go fight. Uh, um, you know, I have, uh, I have Murillo Santana in my division uh, uh, two <laughs> weeks from now. I like, I don't want to fight Murillo again. It was no fun the last time, but uh, um, you know, you do these things because you want to show your students like, Hey, I can't, uh, you know, we'll see how far I can make it. So then you guys will have a pretty good measuring stick, you know? And so uh, I think that that's super important uh, though for students to to be honest with themselves about that. Yeah, I think there's a, a has to be a more honesty in, on both sides as in, and honestly from a coach, like, you know, you see a student who, who you think has great potential. You have to say, look, I can only get you this far. If you want to go further, you're going to have to go further somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Uh but that's an answer with yourself, as in, how far can you actually take this? You know, how far will your dreams go? And, and uh, will your, do you see your coach being able to get you there? Um, which, you know, if you have, you know, you hear those stories of, of guys who are, are on the, you know, the big time, who have lived in their gym and stuff like that, you know, and, not, and been homeless and slept on the gym floor. And it's like, do you have that? Are you that good? that you think you could just like up sticks, leave everything, quit your job, go live on the, on the gym mats and, and sweep for, you know, for the, uh, in return for classes, mm -hmm. maybe everyone thinks they can't or they do it. Um, and there has to be, yeah, that more, more honesty on, on both sides, but it also circles around to this, the, the initial question of concept versus technique is, um, kind of 
again, the amount of reverence we put onto onto competition, as in that's the 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 measuring stick of all jujitsu. Not how well do you understand jujitsu? It's how well did you do with it in competition? Mm-hmm. When competition is about the jujitsu plus the athletic specimen. Um, and if you didn't have that athletic specimen part, they ignore the jujitsu part. And that seems to come back around to this whole idea of, like you said, like, you know, people put more uh, emphasis on the people who did well competing and uh, ignore more the people who didn't do well competing, despite the fact that there are two very distinct uh, things at play the jujitsu plus the athleticism. Mm-hmm. Like maybe the athleticism wasn't enough. So you're going to ignore the jujitsu because of it. Their jujitsu may be sound, but because of their body not allowing them to, to operate at this level that was needed, you ignore the jujitsu part. And again, it goes back to a whole conversation like Danaher. You know, Danaher's body didn't let him compete or whatever. Um, so those questions occasionally get asked, oh, is this jujitsu really that good? What? Why why are those two things the same? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I think, yeah, I think that that is, uh, you know, I, it, it, you probably, you, to an extent, it, it is the difference between the sport and the art, you know, the, uh, mm. you know, the, the arts is, uh, we express it in a sport, but it is still a sport, you know, and a sport does have to do with um, ha- athleticism. It also has to do with um, the the mindset of competing. Cause I have trained with some guys in the gym that I had competed with and in a, in competition, I'm like, Oh man, this guy's not very good. You know, this guy, mm-hmm. this guy sucks. And then I trained with them in the gym and they are twice as good uh, mm-hmm. in the gym than they were, than they were in competition. And it was really, you know, it's a really interesting thing to realize is that like, oh, this doesn't necessarily mean world champion doesn't necessarily mean the best guy in the world, even at that weight. Um, you know, it means that they won a world championship. You know, it means that they, uh, you know, you can you can kind of, um, but you have that, you know, there is like uh, the word, the word reverence is a perfect word for it. There's just a huge reverence mm. for uh when you look across to the other uh, sister combat sports that we have, MMA and boxing, you name me uh, boxing champions, UFC champions who have boxing slash UFC champion coaches. Obviously, so, you know, it was putting you on the spot a little bit. We think, okay, so GSP, Fahas Sahabi, uh-huh. Greg Jackson, were they mm-hmm. UFC champions? Not really. Uh, The guys out of of uh, AKA over in over in California, uh-huh. um, did they? No, uh, Khabib's dad was he a UFC champion or, or even close? No, like um, or like Freddie Roach, like one of the greatest boxing coaches. Was he? Uh, you know, top tier uh, boxing competitor in his prime? Um, no. So it's like why. Why do we have to have that in jiu-jitsu then? Mm-hmm. When we can literally look across to those sister sports that we probably have an interest in and they don't. Like Greg Jackson, you know, you know, early, early 2010s, late 2000s, one of the best, best MMA gyms. Mm-hmm. 
Greg Jackson was never in the UFC. No. And, and that's, yeah, that's very interesting to think about. Or, or Tiki, um, Tiki Gomes, you know, uh-huh. one of the, the amazing, like, great uh, striking coaches. Um, mediocre MMA career. Dwayne Ludwig, again, you know, amazing striking coach. Not necessarily a, a massively high MMA career. Mm-hmm. Um, we can go on and on for days. Yeah, for some reason, the jiu-jitsu, maybe we're more primitive or something. We have to have that direct connection. Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, um, something was really good. I, I had, it was one of the earlier episodes of my podcast. I had Kenny Florian on and he was saying, uh, you know, understanding, you know, and he was using MMA, but he was saying understanding the difference uh, between an athlete, a fighter and a martial artist. Uh, he's mm. like that there is a huge difference. And he goes, it's not, and it's not, you know, especially in striking, um, it's not always that the, the martial artist wins. Some people are just, their athleticism is able to overcome, you know, um, their toughness. And that's when he talked about being a fighter, you yeah, know, their yeah. toughness is able to overcome. And he said, obviously, uh, the greats tend to be the ones that have a combination of the three. Um, mm. You know, when you look at, uh, you know, you look at a GSP, that's a perfect example of somebody who, uh, just a phenomenal athlete, a, a really tough, tough guy. And then, um, you know, like my coach, when he got to train with him, he said, that was the thing you would always note is he trained more than anybody. And he was after classes, he was asking John Danaher, what, what should I do here? How am I doing? You know, what is happening? And John had him working different things after everyone got done training. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, seeing that that is, uh, that, you know, having that, uh, kind of athlete, um, an athlete and a martial artist difference in jujitsu, there's a difference, uh, between the two, obviously, uh, what the greats will generally be in competition are going to be the people that can, uh, kind of, um, connect to the two really have both, but, mm-hmm. uh, um, you get to talk to some people that aren't great athletes and, uh, hear their perspective on jujitsu and even you get to feel their perspective of jujitsu, you get to roll with them and you can recognize, Oh, this person is legitimately very good, mm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that that's such a, uh, it's just that it's something to keep in mind, you know, for, you know, for the people listening on it is, uh, you know, um, when you are learning though, you don't go to learn from an athlete, someone who is just an athlete. Um, that yeah. is, you know, that is going to put you in the situation where um, they're using terms like just do this and this and move here. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, what? Yeah. you know, that's because uh, they, they don't, they're an athlete, you know, they're so coordinated. They don't have to um, understand things deeply. You know, they can just do, uh, I think that's yeah, something really important. Well, um, yeah. The amount of like times I've been around like really high level jiu-jitsu athletes and I've you know, gone to one of their seminars um, which as, as, a, as an earlier belt you do get taken in by the celebrity you think oh my god it's such and such from, from the YouTube or, or from Flow or whatever you know from the ADCCs you think oh my god I need to go learn from this person and you're taken in by that celebrity and they're just like yeah when I'm here I, I do this and I, I feel this and you're like I didn't learn anything there and then, like you know, you see something amazing. Think, oh, maybe I could copy that. And you drill it a few times. And then you go on Instagram after. It's like, oh, game changer! Like, how many times do you see that? 
Yeah, it wasn't. I, <laughs> this person didn't really say much apart from a few setups they use that they feel out and then they do this finish. Um, and why have I wasted so much money on this? Like, but then, go ahead, go ahead. But then you you have like I say these these amazing coaches which just get flying to the radar. Like I say, like Sean Williams. You know, you think um, I'd probably have to explain who Sean Williams is to get him in. I had to explain who Preet was to get him in initially. Mm-hmm. You know, I I met him at the Globetrotter camp and I was like blown away by his his coaching and I was like. Oh my god! I have to get him in the gym. But when I, I went back to my home gym, um, and it wasn't wasn't going to be cheap to get him across. We had to fly him from Estonia and you know, pay for the whole weekend for him. Um, and to try and convince my students, oh, there's this Estonian guy that you've never heard of, but he's an incredible coach. And like, what has he done? Mm-hmm. Well, I, he hasn't done anything because you know he's in his late forty or mid to late forties, and he's, he's in Estonia. Okay, but I'm like, but then you get him across. You know, oh my god, this is game changing. He can explain everything that we've ever done. Um, yeah, yeah. We we again, this was weird um, obsession we have with the celebrity in jujitsu that you can pay um, for someone who's a really great competitor, but they have no idea what the hell they're doing. <laughs> who just go, yeah, I, I feel this when I pass, and then I just <laughs> go through them. You're like, cool. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn much then. That is, yeah, there are like certain terms that you hear coaches say, you see it online all the time, uh, that you should, I think, if you're a student and you're watching them, you should uh, run from. And so like some of the yeah. big ones are uh, explode. You know, you're going to explode into this. This is, uh, you know, you have to be, you know, anytime they talk about a physical attribute, I've literally, I've went to seminars and um, I won't say who, but one time this guy was showing how to finish a choke. And then he said, you know, some of the people weren't getting it. And it was because he wasn't explaining it. Right. And um, he brings everybody in and he's like, yeah. You know, people are struggling with this. You know, some people are getting it. Some people aren't. And he says, um, you know, it's because they don't deadlift and you would get these muscles. And so you would be able to finish this choke. And so that was, that was honestly his, um, you know, his, his answer was, you know, it's because you guys haven't been deadlifting and, uh, you know, like you hear that stuff and it is, uh, uh, it, it's, it's, it is a, you know, as somebody who's trying to learn, it's very discouraging because you're said, oh, well, you know, this isn't, I can't learn this from you. I just have to be bigger and stronger to do it. Uh, and so I think that's just a, it's a big problem with, with the way that Jiu-Jitsu is taught and consumed. And uh, you know, that's something that I try to be really honest with my students with. They will come in and say, hey, you know, I was watching this this person online and like, Hey dude, don't watch that guy. He sucks. You know, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and uh, you know, you have to like, but you, you want to be honest with those, you know, cause they're like, uh, you know, I never, if they don't ask, I never tell, I never just like bring the class around like, Hey, just so you guys know, don't watch anything. Josh McKinney posts on YouTube. It sucks. <laughs> you know, I don't do that. But, uh, uh, you know, if they ever ask, like, nah, he's not good. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be watching this stuff. Well, I think with, 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 if you set your students up right, then I think they have their own bullshit filter. But even then, like, 
when you have white belts and blue belts come in and they've been learning something, um, a good gym is a good bullshit filter. Like if they go away and they learn something like daft and they come in and try it and they get murdered for it, you think, oh, well, hopefully they've learned their lesson and maybe that technique doesn't work on that coach. Um, and it's like every time you watch the, the mad inverted shit, I'm just like, cool, try it. I'll see you in hospital. I'll collect mm-hmm. your body afterwards. Um, yeah, I think, I think um, again, it's maybe down to us to, to make sure that you have students that, that can um, objectively think, mm-hmm. would this work? <laughs> Why does this make sense? Am I going to get hurt if I try this? Will I get laughed at if I try this? Um and I think that's down to us again. I, I mean, honestly, like when you were talking about deadlifts, it kind of gave me a horrible flashback to when I first started teaching. So I started teaching because there was no other option. Like it was either this or close the gym. Um, you still guess which one I took. Uh, and I, I had like nine months of jujitsu experience at this point. Like that was all. Um, and so I remember like teaching those initial. Uh, like rear naked choke classes and been like, if you want to get better at the rear naked choke, don't go do more pull-ups and you'll get stronger. Cause I didn't understand uh-huh. uh, the intricacies of what this choke was. So all I could say was, well, if you want to hurt them, get stronger at it. Mm-hmm. Um, which then precludes people. And again, so goes you know, back around to, do you really understand the technique or are you just performing something you've seen and you mm-hmm. just happen to be a great specimen that allows you to do it. Mm-hmm. Like my my favorite seminars have been from a great coaches who know what the hell they're on about but b small people like i love like um as a she's uh she's actually from aoj uh slash gavao's gym she now lives in the uk her name's uh chelsea um chelsea bainbridge donna barlow i'm not sure on her surname currently i think it's barlow because she, she married one of uh, Braulio's black belts, Tom Barlow from the UK, and they're like they've set up a gym in the UK. Um, but she's like, f- I think she competed like forty nine kilos, so she is a, a small woman. Um, and so, you know, I don't want to learn from a, uh, you know someone who can rip a phone book in half because you know if he gets a guilty, I'm going to assume that he's mm-hmm. getting really good uh, triangles or whatever or, or arm bars because he is a a mountain. Um, but if I can see what she does to finish a triangle, holy hell, I want to know what the hell she's doing to finish a triangle because there's no way on earth she's using strength to do it. And sure enough, when I watched her do a, a triangle seminar, she, she showed about just, just moving the head slightly to the side. I was like, what magic is this? <laughs> like, you're not actually using any extra th- strength. You're just literally like, people who can't see this on YouTube, um, turning the head like 45 degrees of your hands and the whole choke just becomes mm-hmm. awful. Like, oh, that's, that's what I want. So how many small people can I get to come teach jujitsu? Cause they must have great games. Mm-hmm. Man, that's, um, that's huge is to, to find, uh, and, and this isn't to discourage guys that aren't small. Cause I'm not small. I'm, I'm a hundred. I, I competed 190 pounds, you know? And so I, uh, I could make, much lighter than that, but, uh, you know, that's just what I, that's just what I compete at. Uh, cause I don't want to, I don't want to deal with the dieting and stuff like that. I just like to compete what I weigh, but, uh, um, 
you know, I, one of the biggest is actually a, a lesson that I got from Sean Williams when I was a uh, purple belt and he did a seminar and he just, he always likes to finish it with some thought process on training or something like that. I always love getting those things, but he talked about uh, the importance of rolling without strength. And he mm. was saying, you know, he was explaining, you know, the, the feel factor and, and kind of every factor of uh, when it comes to rolling without without using strength, using your timing, your technique and your weight distribution to beat people. And so, um, uh, I started messing with that. And the more I did it, the more I started to understand what jujitsu actually was. So many of the things that I was doing, I was able to just do because, uh, maybe I weighed the same as my guy I was going with, but I was a little stronger. I was a little faster. And, um, when I started to learn to not use strength, then Obviously, the secondary thing that happens when you learn that, especially if you're a bigger guy, this is just something that's huge to learn, um, is that you won't get tired. Um, I mean, almost at all. And so then, theoretically, you're able to train way, way more because you're not tired, you're not beat up, you're not muscling everything. And that is, uh, you know, from the the bigger guy's perspective, obviously, I'm not one of the what when I walk around that someone go, Oh yeah, this guy's a big guy, you know, but from a <laughs> medium sized guy's perspective, yeah, yeah. Um, that is something that's really uh, to, to not get discouraged about when it comes to learning, you can learn um, technique, but you have to use no strength. You just can't, you cannot muscle. It's just going to be so much harder to learn how to, uh, you know, actually have good and efficient jujitsu if you were muscling. Well, it's, it- it circles back around to those, those those same conversations we keep we keep coming back around to is that it's separate in that jujitsu and the athleticism and you know you have those great coaches who try and focus you in different ways onto the 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 this, the, the the core jujitsu and away from the athleticism. Like how many times will you hear someone a coach say the word relax? And and how many like, the amount of times that I've heard in different ways exactly what you just said there roll without strength or was the one that Hibero said, you know, if you're, if you're breathing out your mouth when you're rolling, you've been doing it wrong. Or if you use strength, you've done it wrong. Like, we all come back around to these same ways of like trying to say that jujitsu doesn't need this. Like, but because of the, the, um, the marriage in our head between competitive jujitsu on the highest level and the athleticism it takes and uh, the martial art that we're doing, we can't separate these things. And so that's why when you actually hear "don't roll with strength," you know, relax. Um, if you're breathing out your mouth, you're doing it wrong. If you use strength, you're doing it wrong. We can't separate them, especially when you're an earlier belt, when you're like a white or blue or purple belt. You can't get these apart because every every bit of consumption you have on it when you watch it is there together. Like, <laughs> and and when you're told you compete, it's like they're together again. Like how am I supposed to compete without using my athleticism coach? Yeah, good point. Um, so it's always like gluing these two things together. And then we spend the rest of our time trying to pull them apart when we explain it to people. Just like, mm-hmm. no, relax. Relax, you'll understand your jiu-jitsu more. No, don't use strength. You'll understand your jiu-jitsu more. But it's like, what do you mean I have to relax and not use strength? I've been told the other 23 hours and 59 minutes of the day that I have to use strength mm-hmm. like, from every angle I'm coming from. And it's like, Okay, good point. Like, no wonder it's it's a, a minefield, and then that it's 
you know, we're, we're, we're giving people a cake and then telling them to like separate the eggs from the flour. Like, and they're wondering why it's hard. <laughs> I, I think that that is, man, that's a really good, that's a really good point. I think it's hard for people to understand something that a, a lot of matches that I have, even at black belt, um, I use no strength or athleticism, but I don't go into the match saying, I'm not going to use strength here. I go into mm. the match saying, I'm just going to do jujitsu like I always do. And then being able to flip the switch of, I'm going to need to, to explode here. I'm going to need to be strong here. I'm going to need to be, but relying on that is literally your very last resort. Yeah, yeah. That is the very last thing um, that you rely on instead of this is just what I marry everything with. Uh, that is so important for people to learn. I remember the first time, because like I said, as a purple belt, I started to try to not use strength when rolling. And um, I started doing it in the gym. I started getting much better. And then I would go to compete and I would have this mindset that, okay, now I need to use my strength again. And I wasn't having a ton of success with it because um, I wasn't able to feel because I was so tense. Right. And then uh, I remember the first time I went in and said, okay, I am, I'm sick of this. I'm just going to try to uh, compete exactly at the pace that I train. And um, I went and I had like three matches that day and I won all three. And I remember uh, calling my dad on the phone after and I was like, Hey, you know how in the gym, I don't like, I'll try to like roll without strength. And he goes, yeah, like I did that to three good Brown belts and it worked. Like I was able to do jujitsu. And then um, as I started to realize, like a lot of times it works, not always though. Sometimes you go with somebody and they're also um, either they're technically really good or they are um, uh, able to be big enough, strong enough to make you have to use your strength and athleticism, but it's just something um, you can't rely on. I compete at medium heavy. If I fight mm -hmm. a guy named Hulk, do you think that, me trying to be strong is going to matter. It's most likely it's just, I'm going to get tired and then he's going to beat me, you know? And so, uh, you know, if you're going to beat those guys, you have to be able to separate your, unless, unless you are just ridiculously gifted and you can just be strong for a 10 minute match. It does make me quite curious because again, the same like relationships to other sports and, you know, the whole idea of, of, Okay, I'll come at this from a different angle. Um, I watched like, quite a lot of, of road cycling, you know, like Tour de France and stuff uh -huh. like that. And um, the amount of times I see in sport, they try and find ways of making it like solely about the, the, the certain aspect of what's happening. So I, I talk about road cycling. Um, they try and make sure that there's, there's like a weight limit on how light the bike can be. And so, you know, you, you then, if, if the bike can't be so ridiculously light and it hits a limit, it's now based on how good the cyclist is. You know, you've taken the bike out of the equation, as mm -hmm. it were, because everyone's on the same bit of kit. Now we just get to see the human. Um, and conversely, in, in, in horse racing, which is something I very recently learned about, um, is this idea of, uh, the jockeys have to weigh in and be the same weight. They and if they're too light, they have to have weighted clothes on. Um, 
So then the jockey becomes something that doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's all about the horse. Just reminds me of this idea of jujitsu. Like if we took out, like you say, you roll without strength and they're rolling without strength and with the same weight, we've completely stretched out, uh, we'll pulled out all these different um, variables of, of physicality and everything. Now it's just who has the better jujitsu here? Is it me or you? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not, oh, you've got worse jujitsu, but you're stronger. We're always trying to find that way in jiu-jitsu. That's why we have belts, and that's why we have um, uh, weight categories and stuff, is because we're trying to find, when we strip everything else away, who had the better jiu-jitsu at this moment in time when all of the various rules are taken care of. Um, and so it kind of makes sense in a, in a sport aspect is that's how we've made it as, as, as fair as we have, just like every other sport. We always try and find what is you know, the thing we're trying to measure here. It's always about measurement. And, we're, you know, in jiu-jitsu, you know, we, we try and do our best to measure the better jiu-jitsu. Be it you have two insane specimens going at each other, which can, the specimen part cancels out, and now we just have jiu-jitsu going through it. Or we have two guys who are hobbyists who are like, or masters or whatever, I'm not using strength, and neither are you. Let's see who has the better jiu-jitsu. Um, and it's, I don't know, it's, it's quite heartwarming, I guess. I think my, my overall takeaway from that is that you know, just like other sports have done this, we try and do the same. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's understanding where you fit in that. It's like, are you going to be one of those specimens or are you going to be a, a non-athletic roller? Um, but it always comes back to that same thing. It's like the thing we're measuring is your jiu-jitsu. So what should you be working on? Yeah, that is exactly, man, that's so important too is that uh... – you know, something I always tell my students is, Hey, I, I'm just here to teach you jujitsu. You know, like that's it. Yeah. It's not anything else. It's not uh, and that's why you're here is you're here to get better. Obviously some people come um, to, to, to the gym for different reasons to lose weight or to, to do whatever. Right. Uh, but the idea is the same when we're on the mat, all of our goal is to just get better at jujitsu. It's not to beat the guy that we train with. It's not to, you know, it's just to get better. You know, and uh, um, so you have to think, I think just if you were somebody who's listening to this, that maybe we would call a beginner, somebody who's a white or a blue belt. And uh, I think it's important to remember, hey, uh, you need to focus on getting better, not on winning. And that's like, that's, in it's tough is, you know, people worry about, you know, I want to win this white belt tournament or whatever. And that's fun, uh, you know. But you don't go in with the mindset of, I am trying to win this tournament. You go into the mindset is, I'm trying to get good at jujitsu so I can mm. win this tournament. Because then what happens is you're focused on, um, I need to make the lightest weight class that I can. And, um, you know, and your focus starts to get away from jujitsu. Uh, I need to be, um, I need to be stronger at this weight class. I need to do this. And, and just everything that you do your focus starts to pull away from jujitsu. And it's just mm. so important to keep that is your primary focus. And how can I get good? How can I get better at jujitsu? That's pretty much what, what were our goal is again, like it's all concept technique or whatever um, is, and it's all idea of relax. Like you said, like, you know, teaching someone to, to roll without um, strength Uh Pretty much as soon as someone gets in the door is to try and uh, like remove that 
because everyone comes in, they, they they think, oh, I have to use as much strength as possible. That's why you have white belt strength or whatever colloquial term you have. Like, what was that? Mm-hmm. I've heard some terrible ones in the past um, <laughs> to describe white belts. Uh, but yeah, they 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 they're all strength and no technique. So it's our job as 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 coaches to as fast as possible, like swing it the other way and um, pull them away from athleticism using athleticism to make sure they use more jiu-jitsu because even competitively or non-competitively that's all that's ever measured like it's you know um but when you when you consume jiu-jitsu and, and you know you see the high level competitors and that's all that's kind of shown it is that kind of you know you're given this uh picture of oh no strength obviously matters because look at that guy with the ripped muscles but it's, it doesn't like if you just come in looking at that, you know, when he's got the strained face and he's got his veins popping out of his head and he's got a ripped chest and all this kind of stuff, it's like, oh wow, I have to be strong to be good at jujitsu. No, 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 you 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 put the you put the two things together again. Like, no, our job is to pull them apart. And like, no, ignore your strength, ignore, you know, for the the whole I suck at jujitsu less um part of this if you're a beginner. Um yeah, like everything you're ever gonna do in jujitsu is, is removing the variables of uh strength athleticism and size and age and everything else it's about how good you are at jiu-jitsu and so if you're not focusing on that solely uh you're missing what this has always been about um and then it comes down to you know how what are you getting out of your coach uh are they trying to just make sure you're solely good at jiu-jitsu or they're just saying to you oh i'll explode here oh i'd use this because then you're not getting good at jiu-jitsu yeah, and that is, yeah, that's really, and maybe your goal is just to compete. Uh, but I guarantee you, even if your goal is just to be a competitor, there will be a day that you wish you had better understanding because you want to, uh, you get to a point where you can't compete anymore. You know, you get hmm. old, you get injured, and uh, you still want to, you don't want all the time that you spent training to, uh, to just be over and say, well, now there's nothing else I can do with jujitsu because all I focused on was competing. Um, you're most likely going to want to teach, even if it's not running a school or something, even if it's just um, being a coach in a class, you're going to want to do that. And um, when that happens, you want to have had a good understanding. You want to have a, a good understanding of jujitsu. If you were to put around, like, you know, what's one of, the main, one of the main things that people want out of the sport is to be a black belt. You know, if you said to any white belt, what do you want? Black belt. Okay. What does that mean? A black belt is someone who's going to be here for life. Age, uh, ability, uh, age and uh, uh, physical health be damned. We're going to be here forever. Um, and so at some point, you have to have a love for what this all means. You have to have like a, a, a true fascination with you know, how deep does this rabbit hole go? Because otherwise you're just going to get bored. You can't just repeat the same things day in, day out for the next 60 years or 10 years or five years or whatever. You'll never get to black belt if all you're interested in is rote repetition of the same things day in, day out. You're going to hit a fine out a minute amount. But if you've got a genuine curiosity of this, no matter what your body says, you're going to be in this forever. You're going to get that black belt regardless. Um, so it's, it's a kind of change of mindset of you know this isn't just about competition i couldn't give 
a shit if I never competed again. But I'm never doing this to die. die. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I care about understanding this. And that's what keeps me here. So every day I come on and I, I talk to people like yourself or, uh, you know, talk to, to anyone jujitsu, white belt and up. I, I just get more and more curious about this. You know, I have a, the strangest question from a white belt. I'm like, right, I wonder what that does mean. Mm-hmm. And I love this even more. Uh, and that's why I'm still here 12 years later. Um, but before you have is I want to be good in con- competition. And, you know, the second you hit 30, you can't pass it for competing. Most people are anyway. If you're not in the right town, you know, the big enough gym, you're not in the right place for competing either. So, um, especially if you hit, like you start at 25, like by the time you hit 30, your knees hurt. Like competition is <laughs> going to be the last thing you want to do. And you're definitely going to leave jujitsu at that point. But if you have a genuine curiosity for this, you'll stick around forever. Mm-hmm. I think, man, I think that's good. I think uh, I, I'm almost out of time. I got to go teach yeah, in just a little bit. <laughs> I was looking at my watch. I was thinking, yeah, I'm pretty sure he has to go teach in a minute. Yeah, and and I do. But I thought we, I think we should finish with, uh, if we're going to do this once a month, what are we going to call it? I don't know. We have to have like some sort of like joint podcast name. I don't know. Right? We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But That's definitely, that... like, once a month, this kind of works. I, I enjoy these chats. With Me yourself. too, man. These are. Uh, I can't yeah, wait to do it in purpose. Uh, I can't wait to do it in person, like do it around a table properly. I, I and, like, know, actually, man. Like, that'd show be techniques. Fun. That'd be great. That will be. Like, fun. Oh, man. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, that will be. Do you kind of have a thought of when you'll be in in the um, state yet or still not sure? Hopefully, June, late June, July. But All they've right. just made it illegal to leave the country uh, <laughs> up until around about May. So I'm just like, just whatever with this country right now. Um, but I, I am always abreast of everything. So the second I know anything, I, I'm booked and I'm out of here. So as soon as I know, it'll be released into to everywhere. Awesome. And so if people wanted to, uh, just if, if somebody that's listening through my, my show, if people wanted to uh, keep up with your seminar tour, how would they do it? What would be the easiest way? Um. Through just like type Chris Payne's BJJ into uh, uh, Facebook and you'll find me and everything gets posted on there. So, all right. Um, but I'm sure we'll, we'll, especially like with your little uh, trip over to Europe, hopefully later in the year, hopefully uh, I can advertise your, your visit just as much. Um, for sure. Oh, I'm excited for this year, dude. This has been so much fun. I know it has been good. All right. Thank you. Thank you for, uh, thank you for chatting, man. That was, this is always fun. Always. Yeah. Try and like, try and stir up more hornet's nests on the, your Instagram. Cause you seem to be I, really good at that. I will. I will. Uh, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I'll go after somebody next. I don't know. I don't know. Or something next and we'll see. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll say I'll, I'll go with something like self-defense doesn't work or something like that. Or uh, I'll go with, I'll go with, um, I always like, <laughs> I always comment. What's more important defense or offense. That'd be a yeah, good one. Yeah. I always yeah, position before submission or submission, before position that'll be good would honestly i've i've just done a, a white belt toolbox like eight episode thing and position submissions that were one of the ones i did i think it was or I might have done a separate episode um but yeah please let's do that one like in in, in like two or three weeks time i want to do that episode so position submission let's do that one let's we'll do it great fun with that one um okay i like that that'll be fun i have uh yeah, or the thing I always comment on my, I was saying I always comment something on my students' posts. Anytime they take a picture um, in their doing in no gi class or something like that, 
Um, I always comment under it and say, Nogi doesn't work in the streets. And uh, that is uh, so that maybe I'll go really aggressive with that one. Tell people like Nogi isn't good for self-defense because when would you ever be fighting somebody wearing a rash guard or something like that? I really stir it up. <laughs> I love, I love uh, every time I like, wake up in the morning, I see Instagram. Cause obviously I'm, I'm usually when you're, you're, you're most prolific, I'm, I'm uh, going to sleep. So when I wake up and see the, the, what you've done, I'm just like, Oh my God, he's done it again. <laughs> And then, and then like everything that comes through, and it's like he's he's amazing at this. That's awesome. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Yeah, do something, do something more fun every day. I I'll can't think, get tired. I'll of think it. of something. Awesome. Thanks for the uh, thanks for setting this up, Josh. It's been thank you, pleasure. man. And that is the episode. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Hope it was fun. Hope it was different. You know, that's kind of what I liked about this so far is that it has been very different. Um, you know, the, the few, the last few conversations I've been having with Chris. And uh, I think the more we get used to each other, the more we'll jump right in. I think maybe you guys notice it. I definitely notice it. It's like uh, 15 minutes. It takes us to really warm up and then we start to, you know, go off on something. And so hopefully we will be able to zone that in to be even quicker uh the more we do these and like i said if you guys enjoyed this please let me know i really would love to hear from you guys send me a, a message comment it on the youtube channel if you guys don't follow me on youtube if you only listen to the audio of this podcast i highly recommend that you follow me on youtube because i don't just post podcasts on youtube uh even if you don't want to stare at me during a podcast, maybe you could go to, uh, I do like a technique of the week, you know, and different things like that. And I also do uh, a lot more than a technique of the week on Instagram. And so you can check all those things out and uh, let me know what you guys think. And that is all I have for you guys today. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And I hope that it helps you suck just a little bit less at jujitsu.